0: coming up now and established in the faith God's had somebody he's had a voice all down through history preaching the righteousness and the judgment of God the gospel has been preached throughout all generations and everybody's had an opportunity to hear Bible says they are without excuse no excuse morning it's good to see all of you out in the house of the lord today and let me say thank you all so very very much for coming out each week and being a part of the service we appreciate it so very very much and uh, as well those of you listening by radio we appreciate those of you who tune in to us every week and listen to us we appreciate that we uh, appreciate your prayers and Support however way God leads you to do that. We appreciate that so very, very much. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 1. And we're going to pick it up in verse 16 again today. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And the Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men which hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And this week I want to continue with what we started last week, No Excuse. The question that we didn't really get around to last week but we want to deal with it a little bit in depth this week is what will happen to the people who have never had the opportunity to hear the gospel is that an excuse that God will accept when they stand before him one day and God will just let these people into heaven and if that is the case if ignorance is an excuse then wouldn't it be best for all of us to be ignorant of the gospel? Now, we addressed that question last week. I want to touch on it a little bit more this week and just go ahead and tell you, no, there is power in the gospel. And the gospel is more than just a ticket to get you to heaven. The gospel is a ticket that will improve your quality of life here now in this life, in this world and the gospel, and those who place their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the only thing that is holding back the tides of darkness. And if you will, put this up on the screen. Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 6. And now you know what withholdeth, that he may be revealed in his time, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he, speaking of the church, who now letteth or hinders, will let or will hinder until he be taken out of the way, that's the rapture of the church, then shall that wicked be revealed. And that's speaking of the Antichrist. And at that particular time, this world is going to be plunged into Uh, A time of great tribulation such as the world has never known before. So if you're of the mindset that ignorance of the gospel is the way to go, my friend, you don't know what you're talking about. Because there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Romans one and verse sixteen. He said it's to everyone that believeth. And the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, is not something new. It's not just a New Testament thing. I was listening to something the other day. I don't I, I can't remember who it was, but they were stating that their religion was the oldest religion in the world. How many of you have ever heard someone make that kind of statement before? Their religion is the oldest religion in the world. That's a lie. That is a bold-faced lie because Peter said that Jesus Christ was crucified from the very foundation of the world. You don't get no older than that. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Going back to the very dawn of time with Adam and Eve in the garden when they partook of that tree. Genesis 3 and 15, God pointed to a Redeemer. He said, the seed of the woman, Jesus Christ, will bruise the head of the serpent, speaking of Satan. And then God, when you look on down there in verse 21, Genesis chapter 3, you'll see where God took an animal and killed it right there in front of Adam and Eve and took coats of skins and covered Adam and Eve. In that first sacrifice, God was saying it is only through the blood that you can have a relationship with me. The only way that you can come into the presence of a thrice holy God is through and by the shed blood of the sacrifice. And that sacrifice pointed to Jesus Christ. That information was passed down to Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 4, we see both of these two young men bringing a sacrifice to God. Abel brought a blood sacrifice which God accepted, and Cain brought his rutabagas, and God wasn't too happy with the rutabagas. But my point is this: the righteousness of God, the goodness of God, has been revealed ever since day one, and that's what Paul was talking about. When you look there, Romans one verse seventeen, for therein, therein, what is therein? The gospel. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness of God, the goodness of God has been revealed ever since day one. And it has been revealed in the lives of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob right on down to you and I here today from faith to faith as this one shared their faith with that one and they placed their faith in Christ, who he is and what he did. And right on up into you and I today, God is using us today. What are you trying to say, Brother James? I'm trying to tell you that people out here have no excuse because they have you and I as witnesses. Of what the power of God can do. God has had somebody to step into the path of the ungodly. All down through the many centuries. Right on up until today. And they are without excuse. God's always had a voice. He's always had a voice for those who wanted to hear. Now Let me, let me, let, let me deal with that for a moment. God knows who will... And who will not accept him? Through foreknowledge. God knows. He also knows the timing involved. What do you mean timing? Well, just, let me just put it this way. God can get somebody's attention a little better when they're laying flat at their back. God knows what area of your life to touch to get your attention And Paul, in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, he had a desire to take the gospel into Asia, but he was forbidden of the Holy Spirit to do so. Why? Because I believe God knew those folks weren't ready for it yet. And the timing wasn't right. And to be honest with you, the Apostle Paul wasn't the right one to reach those people. But Peter, a little bit later on, was. Dana, if you will, pull up First Peter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, there you go, And Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. There you go. God knew through foreknowledge that these people in Asia would accept him at a certain time and under a certain personality. Paul wasn't the one to reach them, but Peter was. How many of you under the sound of my voice can reach people? That others cannot. You never know the impact that your life will have on someone else. If you'll follow the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Even the wrath of God has been revealed. So that they are without excuse. Look at Romans 1 verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The wrath of God. Going all the way back to the beginning. When Adam and Eve sinned in that garden and and, and God took that animal and killed it, that was the wrath of God being revealed to them for the sin that they committed. As you move on down to... Cain, when Cain killed his brother Abel, the Bible says that God put a mark upon Cain and banned him from society of that day. The judgment of God came upon Cain. We move on down to Enoch. We don't hear a whole lot about Enoch other than he, he walked with God and, and the Bible says he was not for God took him. What does that mean? That means he was walking with God, and one day God raptured him out. But he had this testimony, and Jude tells us about it. Jude chapter 1, beginning in verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things. Enoch was a prophet of God, he was a preacher. And what was he saying? Look at it. Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have done ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Enoch, seventh one from Adam. I'm trying to draw you a little line here. God's had somebody, He's had a voice all down through history preaching the righteousness and the judgment of God. The gospel's been preached throughout all generations, and everybody's had an opportunity to hear. Well, Brother James, I just don't believe that. Well, you believe whatever you want to believe. But the Bible says they are without excuse, no excuse. Noah, sin got so bad, God told Noah to build a boat. And all that time he was building the boat, somebody said it was 120 years it took to build that boat. And all 120 years he was preaching righteousness to the people. That That the judgment of God was coming. Sadly and regrettably, only Noah and his family, eight people, were saved. God didn't have any choice but to do what he did. That's the wrath of God being revealed. Not only with, with Noah and the flood, but we see it with, with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. We see it with Egypt. We see it with Jericho. And the list goes on and on. Even God's own people, when they rejected God and they backslid, God would send a famine and eventually turn them over to their enemies. And and, and they were carried off into captivity. That's the judgment of God against sin, against ungodliness. And even today, the wrath of God, the judgment of God... We see it being poured out, in earthquakes, and storms, and pestilence, and the list goes on and on. The righteousness of God has been revealed through you and I, and through all the many saints that have come before us from faith to faith, passed down from generation to generation, and they have seen the judgment of God. But yet they still hold that truth in unrighteousness. What does that mean? They want to do what they want to do. They don't want God. They don't want to do right. They don't want to live right. There is no excuse. Because God can be seen in His creation. Let's look at the physical body. Romans 1 verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in. In them, for God has showed it unto them. The body has design to it. And whenever something has design, that means there's a designer. Let me read this to you about the human body. We're made up of various chemicals of iron, sugar, salt, carbon, iodine, phosphorus, lime, Calcium and others. If any one of these chemicals gets off in your body, you can be in some bad shape pretty quick. We have 263 bones in our body. 600 muscles. If all of your blood vessels were laid out, it would stretch a distance of 970 miles. Think of that. There are 400 cups on the tongue for taste. We have 20,000 hairs in our ears to tune in to all the sounds. I wish some of those hairs were up on the top of my head. We've all got about 40 pounds of jaw pressure. You talk with some people, you'll find out they've got way more than that. We've all got 10 million nerves and branches throughout our bodies. We've got 3,500 sweat tubes to every square inch of skin. If they were laid out, it would reach a distance of 40 miles. We've got 20 million mouths that suck food as it goes through the intestines. We've got 6 million air cells in our lungs that inhale 2,400 gallons of air a day. We've got an intricate communication network of nerves that instantly relates to the brain, any known sound, taste, sight, touch, and smell. And we've all got a heart that beats 4,200 times an hour and pumps 12 tons of blood daily. That's God's design. That's what God has done. And Paul said... That which can be known of God is manifest in them. Dana, if you will, go to Romans 2 and verse 14. I want to show you something else. God has placed his signature upon the soul of mankind. Look at this. Romans 2, verse 14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. These having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or excusing one another. What does that mean? The Gentile nations, during all those years, Israel had the law of God. The Gentiles didn't have the law, but the Gentiles were doing by nature the things that were contained in the law. They knew right from wrong. Their conscience bore witness with it. Their, their government, if you will, was established on this that was written in their hearts. That's God's signature on the soul. God can be seen in his creation. Dana, if you will, go to Romans 1 verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. How can someone who is invisible, and we're talking about God now, How can someone who is invisible be understood? I want you to think about that question. Let me say it again. How can someone who is invisible be understood? I'm going to help you with something. This morning as I stand here at 758 Friendship Church in Emet, North Carolina, This message is going out over half of eastern North Carolina and there are people out there riding down the road right now listening to what I'm saying. They have never seen me. Thank God for that. I've got a face for radio. (laughs) But they're listening. They've never seen me before. They don't know me from, from Adam. But yet, I can reveal enough information about myself. If anyone I'm out there so desired and wanted to meet me this afternoon, I could reveal enough information about me if they would put faith in what I revealed to them. They can meet me in the fifth row up there at Walmart and Zebulon today, and, and I could hand them a CD and share the gospel with them or whatever. But they've got the desire to want it. See? And I'm going to tell you something. Man is inquisitive. He's inquisitive by nature. What do you mean? He asks questions. He sees things. We see that in the lives of little children. Daddy, why is the sky blue? Why is the sun the color it is? Why is water wet? And the questions go on and on and on. And, and, and you could just tell them something and they'll believe what you say. They they accept it by faith. And everybody has a measure of faith. When you get down to it, ladies and gentlemen, there's no excuse. People know what they want to know. If they don't want to know, they ignore it, and that's the problem. you got a lot of people that don't want to know. Let me give you some examples. If people want to know about God, God will make a way. In Acts chapter 8, we read the story of the eunuch from Ethiopia. And God gave Philip a vision and told him to meet up with this eunuch. And Philip got on the chariot with him and, and started sharing the gospel with him. And the man got saved and was baptized. The man got saved. He had a desire to know more about God. And God made a way. As we move on a little bit further in Acts chapter 10, we have Cornelius the centurion. He had a heart for God. He wanted to know more about God. And God gave Cornelius a vision, told him, send your men over there to Simon Peter's house. And at the same time, God sent a vision to Simon Peter and said, I want you to, these men are fixing to come to your doorstep. I want you to go with them and go over there and witness to Cornelius and his house. And Simon Peter went, preached the gospel to them. And they all got saved right there. They, you, you've got to have a desire to know God. And even today, CBN not too long ago reported that Jesus is appearing in visions to the Muslims. These Muslims are having these visions, these dreams, and Jesus is... Is coming to them and he's explaining to them the last 24 hours of his life, how he died on the cross and rose from the grave, and how he is the Son of God. That's happening today. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you man is without excuse. No excuse. If anyone, they, 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 they look at themselves and get to wondering about themselves and they see the design, they have to understand there has to be a designer and they start reaching out to God, God will reach out to them. When they look at creation and they want to know more about God, God will reach out to them. And you know who he sends? You and I. You and I. And they are without excuse.